Today, uh, I think two weeks ago, we talked about God having a very extravagant, generous heart. Amen? Yeah. He is so extravagant in His love for us, so extravagant in His, um, you know, giving us His all. That means He's giving Himself, even laying down His life for us. And, and so I, we started off with like giving. We give in, in prayer. Yeah, we give in prayer for one another. And I, I like to do that today as well, to invite all of us, you know, even before we start, to give. Yeah, we give in prayer. Uh, and, and once again, I also would like us to, to look around, uh, behind us, beside us, okay? Uh, if you don't know their name, introduce yourself uh, so that we can pray for them, yeah. Do you know their names? Uh, okay, all right, okay. So behind, beside, and let's spend a little bit of time praying for one another. There are some members who are not able to be here because they are not well, so we want to pray for them as well, okay? So you know who's beside you, behind you? Okay. <laughs> and those in the baby room as well. So let's pray for one another, shall we, at this time? Yeah, just take this time. Father, we give unto you. Lord, even as we start to this morning, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to praise you, to worship you with all the talents and beautiful instruments that you've given to us. Thank you. Thank you for all the children. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for all the teachers, Lord, who are there to help, Lord, to our children to grow, Lord, in the fear of you, in you, in the love of you. Thank you for this morning. We want to pray for those who are sitting beside us, Lord, behind us, in front of us. We remember them in our prayers this morning. May you help them, Lord. Lord, we speak blessing, Lord, to our friends here and those who will be watching the video. We speak blessing into their lives. Lord, may they continue to be deeply rooted in your love. Lord, we pray also for those who are not well. May you envelop them in your presence, comfort and strengthen them. And we rebuke the spirit of infirmity out of their bodies and we speak healing into their physical body and even into their soul, Lord God, that needs rest and peace. We speak peace and rest into their soul. Father, we also speak blessing to our bishop, Bishop Kenneth and his wife, Mrs. Fuing, and their family as they serve you this morning, Lord, in Mangatau Anglican Church. May you bless them. Bless the congregations there, the Chinese and the BM congregation. Lord, with your own presence. Lord, with your word of encouragement for them as well. And Lord, we commit our, the word time into your hands. Lord, may you continue to speak to us, Lord. Touch our hearts. Lord, move in the direction. Help us, Lord, to walk, Lord, as you lead us, as your light, Lord. Uh, shine upon our hearts through your word. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, I'd like to share uh, about a story, uh, a real story that happened many years ago. And some of you, maybe you have heard it because it's an event uh, that uh, 
the Jews would celebrate every year, especially uh, according to their calendar, whether it falls in November or December, right? So many years ago, even before Christ was born, do you know, have you heard of Alexander the Great? Yeah, yes, okay. Alexander the Great has a very powerful empire, the Greek empire. And however, he passed away at 323 BC before Christ. And therefore, after he passed away, he has three generals who were fighting for positions, yeah, who were fighting for the territory, for the empire. And so the kingdom was divided among the three of them. So this person, uh, this one general, uh, Ptolemy, so he was given, he took uh, the Middle East, okay, including the land, uh, I mean, they were fighting about the Middle East, so he took Egypt and also the land of Israel. And then the other one, Seleucus, uh, he took Syria, sorry, now I wrote so small, I am having problem to read. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Asia Minor <laughs> and Asia Minor, okay. And, and the other one, um, uh, Antagonist, okay, took Greece, okay, oh, I need to write bigger, okay. Because <laughs> when you're at home, right, you take off your glasses and so you write and then you forgot when you put it on, it's a different world, okay. <laughs> Especially you stand in front of everyone and, uh, and I wrote in pencil some more, oh dear, okay. Anyway, uh, you got it? There were three generals, okay, so there were three generals, so it was divided in him. And and two of these generals, they were always fighting, uh, Ptolemy and also Seleucus, they were fighting each other to, to gain each other's territory. And so in the end, after 125 years after that, um, the one Seleucus, I mean, he already passed away, but all those, uh, his empire had, took over Jerusalem, Judea. Okay? Now the, the problem with this is that he wanted to change everything. So he stopped, you know, he outlawed, you know, there are Jews living in Judea. And so he outlawed Sabbath. So if you celebrate Sabbath, it's punishable. Yeah, if you celebrate, uh, and then circumcision, he banned circumcision. And then he also wants to burn the scrolls, you know, where the law of Moses and things like that. And that was happening at that time. And then even uh, worse is that he took over the temple. In Jerusalem, and then in, he erected, you know, get people to erect an altar for Zeus. You know Zeus, yeah, for Zeus, an altar to worship Zeus instead of worship the God of Israel. And then furthermore, he allowed the sacrifices of pigs. You know, Jews they don't eat pigs, huh? so pigs are very to them it defiles. So what he has done is that he defiled the temple mock the God of Israel. You know, so it was some of the priests during that time, they submit themselves, you know, they compromise. They chose to do what this leader has called them. His name was, and, uh, okay, great. Now mine. <laughs> so this leader, Antiochus, I think, okay, and he commanded them, yeah, Antiochus the fourth commanded them to do all these sacrifices. So some of the priests, right, decided to do it. Okay, follow the way that was given by the leader. But there was a group that rose up, this group of priests, and his name was Mattathias. 
Okay, this priest rose up and said, no. So that's why they call it this group, he and his sons, five sons, they decided to fight against it. That's why we have it in history, we call it the Maccabees Revolt. So they revolt against it. It took them about three years. In 167 BC, they started to go against it and say, no, we are not going to do it and we want to take back the temple. And for these three years, they fight. One year after that, um, Mattathias passed away and he has five sons and the elders took up the leadership and the name of that, the elders, his name is Judah. So you can see, you know, the, you know, when you hear of Judah, Judah means praise. And our Christ, you know, Jesus Christ come from the tribe of Judah. He took up and they fought, you know, uh, and one time there were just 2,000 of them and there were 20,000 of the other, you know, of the empire's um, uh, army. But they fought and they won and they took over Jerusalem. They took over the temple. They cleansed the temple. Yeah, they cleansed the temple of all that uh, that is defiling. And then what they did is, it, as you know, in the temple, yeah, uh, we can have a picture of the temple. The temple, we know there is a men menorah. If you look at it, you know, inside there's menorah. So for them, when they cleanse the temple, they want to light up the menorah. Okay, they want to light up the menorah. So that's the second temple. So it was defiled. Yeah, and then so they want to cleanse it and then they want to light up the menorah. Yeah, according, if you read uh, in Exodus, right, uh, God has called Moses to get ready all these things. They have the table for the bread and the lampstand. That's the menorah. Yeah, about the, uh, the oil, the fire, the spirit, the spirit of God. Okay, so they need to uh, light up this menorah. It's a big one. But they only have oil for one day. They only have oil for one day. But by faith, they pour the oil. And the oil continue to burn. And it continued to be supernaturally. The oil was filled. And they can burn it for eight days. Wow, so it was supernatural provision for them at that time. What an encouragement. And, and they have to continue to, you know, fight for it as well throughout the years. And it was not easy. But they dedicated the temple once again for the worship of God of Israel. My friends, this is what the Jews celebrate every year, which is called Hanukkah. And then sometimes you will see they have Happy Hanukkah. Okay, so Hanukkah means like dedicate. Dedicate. Yeah, Hanukkah means dedicate. Sometimes it's called the festival of lights because they light up. Yeah, so during that eight days of celebration, they will light up a candle each day. Light up a candle each day. They will say their prayers and things like that. And it's a time of thanksgiving. And sometimes they call it the festival of dedication. Because their rededication, yeah, to commemorate the rededication of that temple to the Lord. Wow, I am just beginning to understand a little bit more why they celebrate, what happened at, at that time. So that's why you see there is a happy Hanukkah. We will talk a little bit more about this. Now, the the thing is that normally a menorah has six branches. 
Okay, so this one has eight branches, not counting the middle. Normally, a menorah has six. But because of the eight days, so they have a different one. They call it Hanukkah. So they have eight branches. Uh, they have eight branches. So they, they, they'll have eight branches. And the one in the middle is the tallest. And they will call it the candle of the servant. This representing the Messiah, Jesus. And they will light that one first. And with that first one, they will light one candle on the right. Yeah, they start from the right. And then on the first day. And then the second day, they will light. Yeah, continue to light the candle second until the eighth day. And each day, they, they would pray unto the Lord. So to dedicate their lives. So this morning, i just like to share, because they also say in this feast, it's a feast of miracles. It's a feast of miracles of how God helped them to take back the temple for worship. It was how the Lord provided for them supernaturally as well. You know, in John chapter 10, verse 22, it's not there. John chapter 10, verse 22. John chapter 10, verse 22. It mentioned the Feast of Dedication. So this is the feast that they're talking about. Because this incident happened before Jesus was born. Okay, so they talk about it in John chapter 10, verse 22. Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and so it was a bit cold. And Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. Then the Jews gathered around him and said, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Uh, verse 25, Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. You know, when they're celebrating this feast, what were they thinking about? They were thinking about that revolt, right? They were thinking about that day when the Maccabees won, took over the temple, you know, against the, the ruler of that day. They won. They took over, they cleansed, they dedicated the temple, they experienced miracle. So what were the Jews expecting Jesus to do? Perhaps hoping that Jesus will also lead a revolt against the Roman Empire, against the Roman rulers. So they're thinking, you're not going to do something, you know, this is the feast of dedication. This is the feast uh, of that time where the, it happens, are you not going to do something? But Jesus said, I am. <laughs> you know, I am doing something, but you don't believe it. Because they were hoping that Jesus would defeat the Roman Empire. But, wow. Jesus' desire is not the Roman Empire, but to save mankind from sin, from death, from eternal separation from his Father. 
So that's why he said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. Isn't that a comfort for us? God has given you eternal life. No one is going to snatch you out of the Father's hand. So this miracle, it says in the beginning, in verse 25, the miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you don't believe because you are not my sheep. And so his invitation for us, be his sheep. In, in John chapter 8, verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He is the light of the world. But at that time, they don't see it. Yeah. The Pharisees, the people, that they don't see because they saw what they can only understand here. You know. But in their heart, was not open to Jesus, to what the Father has sent to them. They were thinking more of what history has done and then, okay, I expect this is what the Messiah will do. But there is much, much more. That he say, I am the light of the world, that he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And so for each and every one of us, you who follow Jesus, you will not walk in darkness. You will not walk in darkness because you have the light of life. Yeah, tell your friend, you will not walk in darkness. God will help you. <laughs> you have the light of life. Yeah. Sometimes you feel it's so dark. <laughs> but have faith. God says, you know, Jesus said, He has given you eternal life. Tell your friend, Jesus has given you eternal life. You shall not perish. You shall not perish. Tell your friend, no one can snatch you out of Jesus' hand. <laughs> no one. Okay. You, you have the light of life. You have it. You have the light of life. Tell one, sometimes we need to hear it, isn't it? Yeah, we need to hear it. Sometimes when we face uh, all the storms in life, we forget who we are. <laughs> so easy to forget, even for a pastor. <laughs> so easy when you see the waves are so big at times. And we need sometimes each other to remind each other, you know, you have the light of life. You know, you have eternal life. And so, the first thing I want to say is that with that feast in mind, we experience the miracle of salvation. Amen? Isn't it a miracle that you are saved? I am saved. Is it a miracle? Yeah, I believe so. Sometimes I think about it. I may not be saved, you know. <laughs> but God has found me. And it's a miracle that we are saved. Tell, tell one another, you are a miracle. What you experience is a miracle that you are saved. You are a miracle. You are sitting here. You are a miracle. God has saved you. God has saved you. God has saved you. Yeah. Secondly, there was a miracle of provision. Uh, there was a miracle of provision. I, I feel that today, God is saying to us, and then this morning I also received this Bible verse, it's like God is telling us, do not worry. Ah, tell your friends, do not worry. Do not worry. Yeah, God is telling us, like, even encouraging us, do not 
worry. So I was reading, you know, Matthew 6. You know Matthew 6, right? You had, don't worry about what you will eat or drink or wear. Yeah? Yeah, even the flowers are so beautiful, more beautiful than all the fashion in the world. Okay? So, more beautiful. They don't worry about all these things. But God says, seek His kingdom first. And all this will be added unto you. And so, I'm just sharing what I've said. Is it? Do not worry. Okay, easy said then. That's why we need one another. And the word of God, it says, do not worry. Why? Because in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, what does God tell us to do? Let's read together. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. Once and for all. Okay. Okay. Did we like, and then take back again? Yeah, I do that often. I put away. Then tomorrow, I start uh, worrying about it again. Okay, but I say once and for all, on who? On him. Because affectionately and cares about you. Wow. Somebody is watching over our lives. Somebody who cares for us with a lot of love in his heart. Not because he has to take care of us, but because he loves us. So he cares for us affectionately. He cares for us watchfully. He is watching. He is watching over us. Yeah, maybe you encourage your friend next to you and say, God cares for you. God cares for you affectionately and watchfully. This means his eyes are open, huh? He's not like me. Sometimes a bit tired, I close my eyes. I forgot the child. Where is he already? You know, some, <laughs> your baby is sitting and then like, you fall because so tired and close your eyes for a little while. Then the child is somewhere else. Okay. But watching with his eyes open. In Psalm 121, it says that he does not slumber. He does not sleep. And with great faith in that and trust that even when I'm asleep, God is watching. God is watching over you. And God is watching over even your future. Even your future. So cast all your cares. Sometimes our cares can become an idol. Sometimes it becomes bigger than Jesus. Sometimes our worry can cause us to have fear in our hearts. Maybe fear because of things that we have experienced that have traumatized us. And then we become fearful. We become worried. And we have no rest, no peace in our hearts. You know, when this passage was taken, where this passage was in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, I mean, before that, it talks about all the elders, the young men, you know, be shepherds and things like that. But one thing also before it, it says that humble ourselves before God, that He may lift us up before due time. That's verse 6. It says humble ourselves. Because the verse before it says that God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. So before even God says, cast your anxiety on Him, God says He gives grace 
to the humble. But he opposes the proud. So he will give grace to us. So he calls us, be humble. And he will give that grace to us. His mighty hand will be upon us that he may lift us up. But there is a time for it in due time. And so he said, don't worry. Cast your anxiety because he cares. And then right after that, Peter said, be self-controlled and alert. Because when we worry, uh, it's easy to lose control. Easy or not? Uh, easy, uh, okay, I'm confessing easy. <laughs> because easy to lose control of our train of thoughts. Easy to lose control of our actions. But he said, be self-controlled and be alert. Because why? The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a rolling lion, looking for someone to devour. So he's looking to devour us. You know? Especially when we are anxious, um, no peace, no rest in our soul. Then he comes into that open door and try to take hold of our life. Okay? Try to intimidate, try to control us, try to uh, terrorize us. But God says, come, be alert. Instead, it says, resist the devil. Resist him. Say no. Get out and stand firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of grace who called you into his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. And to God be the power forever and ever. Amen. So there are anxiety. During those times, as we know, we heard it wasn't easy to be a believer. They faced a lot of persecutions as well. Not just from the Roman Empire, but from their own brothers and sisters who are not believing in Jesus. And sometimes we see that even for ourselves in this world. We are coming more and more... I don't know about you, if you see nowadays the attack, the, the pressure from the enemy is getting heavier. It's coming against us even more. And so, and so God is encouraging us. He will give us the grace. Be humble. But cast all your cares. When we think about all this, cast it to the Lord. When we think about our own life, our anxiety, but be alert. Resist it. Stand in faith. Stand firm. Stand firm. And encourage one another. Help one another. Right? So there is that provision from God, that provision from the Lord that He wants to give to us, which is a miracle, a miracle provision. Have you experienced miracle provision? Yeah, I think most of you, you have nodded your miraculous provision for us. Last Sunday, we have a miracle, miraculous provision where the sun, the weather was perfect. Amen. Because the day before, Sunday, on Saturday, when the sun was shining over here, it was very, very hot. So if we say we're going to put our food out there, our food will like burning, you know, ever cooking. <laughs> All right? And then it would not be comfortable for any, anyone to stand outside and eat. But on Sunday, you know, we pray, okay, God, the best weather, cloudy but not raining. <laughs> 
So truly, indeed, it was cloudy when we woke up. Wow, cloudy, cloudy. Then when we came to church, it was strong wind. Oh God, looks like it's going to rain. And then I said, no, uh, okay, no rain. I remember Jenny said, no rain. <laughs> okay, no rain, no rain. And true enough, the wind passed. No rain, just the perfect weather. And people were eating outside. And I was asking them, you know, I got so worried. I went out and asked all the uncle, why are you not eating inside? Come inside and eat. No, 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 we are here. We want to be nearer to the tables. Oh, okay, fine, I understand. <laughs> but it was such good weather. It was a miracle that we experienced on that day. And a miracle of abundance of food. Amen? Agree? Yeah. It has helped us for two meals, you know. Not the people who bring the food, thank you everyone for the food and for the financial provision. Yeah, you have given more than enough. I was concerned we don't have enough. People were asking me, uh, Pastor, is it enough or not? Wow, my heart, boo, 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 boo. I, I, I had to, yes, enough, but my heart, do, 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 do. <laughs> okay, we were thinking. But then when the food came, it was more than enough. And some of us, we had it for two meals, lunch. You have provided for us for two meals, lunch and dinner. And some of them have that for breakfast. Yes, I remember. Oh, ham chen piang, ham chen piang, We have breakfast tomorrow. Eat ham chen piang. Okay, so God has given to us in abundance. Amen. Until today, Desert Stream Anglican Church, the Lord has provided for us in abundance. As you remember when we were in Center Point, we have to pay rent about the amount that we have now. Less people. And most of us, uh, young working adults, just come out to work. And some are not even working adults. They are youths. And some of them are college students. How did we pay all the rent? Wow, I really scratched. I mean, it's a wonder. It's like that oil in the menorah. It's like that oil. It is amazing. Amen? It is amazing. So we want to give thanks to God as we prepare our hearts yeah, for, for this upcoming feast. I forgot to tell you, the feast is not this month for this year. According to the calendar, it's next month. It starts on the 7th, 7th of uh, not September, December in the evening. They normally start, like, you know, the days, the calendar, their days, they start in the evening, a new day. So it starts on the 7th of December until sundown on the 15th of December. Okay, okay, where was I? All right, provision. Provision, God has given us His Holy Spirit. God says in His Word, you know, even a father would give a good thing, you know, good thing. You, you, if you ask for food from your father, he will give you food. And yeah, not give you something evil. Even as a father, you know how to give good things. What more? Our Heavenly Father, He wants to give us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. The Holy Spirit is the one who is leading us and He wants to encourage us, continue to build our relationship with the Holy Spirit, talk with the Holy Spirit. And maybe we can ask us ourselves this time, what is God calling us to do in this hour? What is God calling you? What is God calling you to do in this hour? Oh, 
Maybe some time for you to ponder. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You may not be a full-time worker. You, you know, it's, it's okay. Wherever you are, what is God calling you to do in this hour? Where is He asking you to step out in faith and trust Him for provision? Is there an area in your life where the Lord is asking you to step out in faith? Not like Peter is like, come on, you step out in faith. Uh, or the woman, you know, she was bleeding. She stepped out in faith and said, if I touch, you know, I believe. Or step out in faith. Is there, uh, where is it that God is asking you? Step out in faith. Trust Him for provision. For provision. And oftentimes, God doesn't show us exactly yeah, how we will reach our destination, or, but He doesn't tell us how is the miracle is going to come. But He's asking us to put our faith and our trust in Him. Maybe you are thinking, what to do about my future? Maybe you are thinking, will I have the provision to do what God has called me to do? Put our faith and put our trust in Him and obey Him. And that's the key to moving forward. Yeah? In obedience to Him, in trusting Him, in putting our faith in Him. So we experience the provision of His, a miracle of provision. Like the priests, because they are priests, eh, they cleanse the place, the temple, and then they restore back the worship. So they need to, that's why they need to not only prepare the table for the bread to be put there, but also the menorah. You know, they need to have faith to do that because it would take eight days to prepare new oil. That's why they, you know, it's not an oil that they can easily get. They need a few days to prepare it. But whatever they have, they just put it. And the Lord provided for them. I, I remember uh, a lady who shared with us, is that, you know, sometimes she, she cook a meal and then the husband would like to invite many people to the house to come and eat. <laughs> you know, because the husband likes to bring people, invite people to come and eat, you know, especially after Sunday service, you know. And then she thought that one day, oh dear, the roast chicken is not enough, you know. And she was very concerned. But as she lay out that chicken on the table, it seems to multiply and it fed so many people. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't that a miracle? And recently I heard a, a testimony about somebody who was talking to a, a foreigner. She doesn't know the language of that person. She doesn't know. It's a miracle. When I hear it, I also like find it wow, very hard to believe. Like that. But something happened. She doesn't know how to speak this person's language. But she went ahead and she spoke in tongues, she said. And she, the lady understood her tongues. And they spoke for half an hour. <laughs> How do you feel about it? That's very amazing, right? It's amazing. And all these are happening. It is possible. There are miracles that, that the Lord wants to do in our midst. But we need to have that. Just continue to put our faith in Jesus. Continue to put our trust in the Lord. Even though our faith is as small as a mustard seed, it keeps growing as we keep putting our faith in Him, keep trusting Him and continue to grow. So, step out in faith. Is there an area in your life that the Lord is asking you to step out in faith? Is there somebody that the Lord is asking you to talk to or to help? 
and maybe you, you feel that you don't have the resources, but step out in faith. Uh, step out in faith to help. Thirdly, there's this miracle of repentance, the miracle of transformation that we experience. This repentance, it comes because of the Lord. We heard of many testimony how people were transformed in their hearts. They repented. They realized that the one that they are worshipping is not Jesus. The one they need to worship is Jesus Christ himself. And, and they come to Jesus. Yeah, and out of that, only that the Holy Spirit can do is to bring us into repentance. Many times that the, the Lord will touch our hearts. Sometimes we want to do else or been thinking about something that is not right. And we know that it's a stirring in us. And Jesus said, hey, you know, that's not right. Or Jesus convicted our hearts and caused us that repentance to come so that we will turn back to Him. So there is this um, repentance. There is this uh, how there's transformation that the Lord wants to bring to us. We can see young people repenting. We'll be surprised. Hey, how come they repent? Nobody tell them about the good news. But the Holy Spirit, there was a miracle that happened. Yeah? Help them to repent. Sometimes, we suddenly we will cry. We were very touched by the love of God. Sometimes, um, I, I heard of children, you know, after they, they've been praying, they've been praying, and they would come. Because of the Holy Spirit speaking to them, they brought their toys, some of their toys. They brought it to the pastor. They know some of their toys are uh, not a good choice. They even brought their choice, eh, their choice, they brought their toys to the Lord and say, I don't want, I give up. Wow, so young. They were very young. But their hearts were convicted by the Holy Spirit. They know the Holy Spirit talking to them because they feel it, they can sense it like, you feel very uncomfortable, right? Sometimes when the Holy Spirit touches you, you're like, you want to do it, but you feel like oh, something is not right. So you ask, Holy Spirit, help me to say no. What is it? Help me to give up something that is not from you. And even children are convicted. There is a miracle of repentance. There's a miracle of transformation that God is doing. Even Jesus is appearing in dreams. I've heard of testimonies how Jesus appeared to you know, like 200 people at the same night appearing to them in the same night, same dream, telling them He is the true God. Wow. People of God, are you excited? Yeah, we're living in exciting times that people are coming to know Jesus. But we want the Lord to help us. Yeah. Are we in any way in our lives, you know, for our hearts? Is the enemy attacking us? Are we faced with attacks? Are we faced with attacks from the enemy trying to take over our temple? Okay. As we know in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, okay, let's read. Um, it's not there. Do not do you not know that your body is the temple, 
the very sanctuary, this is the amplified uh, classic version, of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God. And just now we say, if, you know, fathers on earth can give us good gift. What about our Holy Father? He gives us the gift. That is the Holy Spirit. He gives us the gift, His Son. You have received the Holy Spirit. You are not your own. You are bought with a price, purchased with preciousness and paid for, made His own. You belong to God. So then honour God and bring glory to Him in your body. So bring honour to God. Bring glory. And know that this temple, wow, your body, okay, can pat on your shoulder. And this body, this body, okay, uh, this body is the sanctuary, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives within me. Holy Spirit is a gift from God. He lives within me. And therefore, are we faced with attacks? And why are we faced with attacks? Could it be because of open doors in our lives? Could it be something that has happened to our ancestors? Oh, we have heard a lot about it. But just like to highlight, uh, in Isaiah 59, if we look at Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59, it says that in Isaiah 59, it's surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. Your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue mutters wicked things. So there are things that have kept us away. There are iniquities, as we know, yeah? things that in our past that have been passed down the generation. There are sins yeah, our hands stained with blood, our fingers guilty, our lips spoken evil, our tongue even have muttered uh, wicked things, okay? or speaking lies or arguments. And there were so many things that happened, many evil deeds that were done. We were talking about the, the people of Israel at that time, many things, and they even rushed into sin, into shedding of innocent blood. They do not know. And in verse 9, it says, Justice is far from us and righteousness does not reach us. They look for light, the people of Israel. They look for light, but all is darkness. They look for brightness, but they walk in deep shadows. They're like blind people. They grope along the wall. They feel like men without eyes. And even on midday, they stumble. And among the strong, we are like the dead. So there were all these kind of things that they face it. And if you read the whole chapter, you know, all that, that they had done against the Lord in different forms, in different ways, that the Lord spelled it out. And, and God was looking at them and saying, okay, who can save them? No one. He said there was no intercessor. No one who can stand in the gap. So he himself came. His spirit came. He himself, he himself come to send us. And at the end, he say in verse 21, My spirit who is on you and my words that I put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouth of your children and from the mouth of their descendants from this time on and forever. And the Lord has done that for us. I hope it's helpful for us this morning just to look at it, all these passages and to ask the Lord, Lord, uh, 
is there something else? Is there something else that is still, you know, hovering over my life, still coming against us that we need to look into, that we need to repent of, experience this miracle of repentance, to experience this miracle of transformation, it may be in certain area of our life. And we ask Him for His help because God says He Himself will come. He Himself will come to help us. He Himself, His Spirit will come. The Redeemer, it says, verse 20, He will come to those who repent of their sins. He will come to help us. Amen. Let's look at verse, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. And it says, let's read together. And this is the message, the message of promise, which we have heard from Him and now are reporting to you. God is light and there is no darkness in Him at all. No, not in any way. If, so if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with Him when we live and move and are walking about in darkness. We are both speaking falsely and do not live and practice the truth which the gospel presents. But we really are living and walking in the light as He Himself is the light. We have true unbroken fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses, removes us from all sin and guilt keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestation. If we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we are sinners, we delude and leave us, lead ourselves astray, and the truth, gospel present, is not in us, does not dwell in our hearts. If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, He is faithful and just, true to His own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, Dismiss our lawlessness and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to His will, in purpose, thought, and action. If we claim, say and claim we have not sinned, we contradict His word and make Him out to be false and a liar, and His word is not in us. The divine message of the gospel is not in our hearts. And therefore it says that God is light and there is no darkness. And so when we say we partake uh, in God, we enjoy fellowship with Him, this means we are in the light. And, and therefore we are not walking, we don't want to walk in darkness. We don't want to walk in false, falsehood. And when we are living in Him, it says that when we repent, He cleanses us. He not only cleanses us, but it says here, He will dismiss. He forgives us of our sins. That means He dismiss our lawlessness in the court of heaven. Our lawlessness will be dismissed from court, yeah, from being punished. And not only that, He continuously cleanses us. Not just at that time, but continuously cleanses us from our sins. So, protect our temple. Protect the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord, if our temple is defiled, ask God, repent of it. Have we been watching things that we're not supposed to watch? Or listening to things that is not from the Lord? It says that, uh, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
This means anything that is not according to his purpose, his thought, his action. Ask, us, ask the Lord, help us, Lord. Anything that we are doing that is not according to his way or attitudes that is not according to his way, let us repent and ask God to cleanse us. And like that day, when they dedicate the temple to the Lord, let us dedicate our life again to Him. Now set aside, set apart our life to Him and for His purpose. For the Lord does not condemn us. Instead, He wants to teach us every day. Like a father, He is teaching us. And indeed, He provides the light for us to take. You know, show us using His word. Your word is a lamb unto my feet and a light to my path. If we get stuck, if we get uh, concerns and worries, God say, you have my word. You have my spirit. Let my word be a lamb to your feet. Let my word be a light to my path. And if you find it hard to read the word, pray and don't give up. Ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, help me to understand the word. Teach me. And if you find it hard, don't give up. Do it again the next day. Do it again and again. Because God said His word will help us. His word will bring us to walk in His light. Amen? Amen. So I'd like to invite the worship team to come as we pray and ask the Lord to help us. Let's pray. Are you looking for a solution in your life? Are you looking for something that only the Lord can give to you? We asked this morning for the supernatural provision of God upon your life. Is there something that is oh, causing our hearts to be heavy, causing our thoughts to go far away? But the Lord wants to encourage us this morning. He cares for us affectionately with a lot of love. He cares for you with a lot, a lot of love. You may not feel it physically, you may not see his eyes watching over you. You know, just like last Sunday, it wasn't like a huge uh, miracle, like a miracle of supernatural healing or what, but it was just a, a miracle of, of the weather. And when we see the Lord answer, it's such an encouragement to us of how much he wants to do in, in our lives and through our lives. There's so much more. So much more that He wants us to see and to comfort us and to tell us, I am for you. I'm not against you. I see you. I see you. I see you. I 
Sometimes we go through life, you know, day and night, day and night, doing our things, and we wonder if God is there. And, and the Lord is encouraging us and say that He is here. He is watching over your life. He is watching over you. And maybe today, you know, we just slow down a bit. You know, as a day of rest, just slow down from thoughts of work and just slow down and, and just see what the Lord is showing to us, around us. Maybe that smile from that little child, when you see that little child smiling to you, maybe it touches your heart to know that Jesus, you know, sending someone to encourage you, even through a child. Maybe someone called your name and that was precious to you. It brings comfort to you. Maybe just some little things that happened even before you came to church. They were like signs from God encouraging you. I am here for you. Even in times of difficulties, like what the Maccabees faced during those times. To see the temple of God being desecrated. It was difficult. And the Lord knows. And the Lord knows what you are going through. The Lord say, I the Lord knows. He is looking. He is watching. Say, cast all your cares to me. Cast all your cares once and for all. Is there a care in your heart today? If there is, can I invite us, you know, give that care to the Lord. Take on the promises of God, what He told us this morning in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxieties, your concern, your worries to me because I care for you affectionately and I care for you watchfully. Is there a care in your heart? Would you like to cast that care, throw that care to the Lord and leave it there? Just leave it there with Jesus. And be alert. Be self-controlled. Resist the enemy. Resist him from accusing you. Sometimes the enemy say, maybe your faith is too small. You don't believe in Jesus. Look, look, look. See, I don't think God loves you. Resist it. Throw it out of the window. Command it to leave you. Maybe the enemy is saying, see, see, your sins are not forgiven. Or see, look, you still do the wrong thing. Accusing us day and night. Resist it. Get out. But repent of our sins. Repent. If the Lord is revealing to us anything that is against Him, let us quickly repent. Bring it to Him.
Maybe it's just a simple thought, but that thought is not from the Lord. Let us throw it out of the window, throw it out, resist it, command it to go, and hang on to the Word of God, that He cares for you. He cares for me. He cares for us. Father, we come to you. We thank you for the time of thanksgiving. Lord, even as the day, Lord, of that celebration approaches. But Lord, our eyes turn to you. You are the one who gives us light. Lord, you give light into our hearts. You are the light of the world. And because of your light in us, Lord, we are shining. Because of your light, your spirit in us, helping us to walk in the light. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy that are new every morning. We thank you for your grace that empower us, Lord, to walk with you, to walk deeper in you as well. Lord, we surrender to you all our cares. We ask that forgive us of any idols in our hearts, anything that we have idolized, Lord, that we have made it greater in comparison to you. Forgive us. Touch our hearts. We open our hearts to you, Lord. We ask that you speak to us, Lord. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.